So I looked up, I just typed in on Google Ex Machina 2 just to see what would come up. And there's a poll that someone put. <laughs> it says, do you want to see, <laughs> do you want to see Ex Machina 2? And the three options were, no, I'm scared of artificial intelligence, grilled cheese, and yes, she was hot and the plot was also hot. It's a poll that doesn't show results. I can vote. I can vote and it might show results. Yeah, vote. absolutely. What are you going to I'd say grilled cheese. You're going to put grilled cheese? Okay, grilled cheese. Vote. Obviously. Let's see what the... What, which, what else would you put? Okay, so 91% said yes, she was hot and the plot was also hot. How many votes? 4,436. Wow. That's impressive by this. There is a community of 326 of us who voted grilled cheese. Well, I feel like we're still the ones who get it. Hi, we're back after uh, a pretty jam-packed 10 days or so uh, of the show. We recorded two of our regular episodes, Midnight in Paris and The Big Sick. We also had Lyndon on. Yep. We then were guests on Zang This and then drove to Philly and then Jersey where we were guests on Checked Out in Jersey. We're, we're podcast pros at this point. We were all over the place, man. You know, we were rookies just a few months ago, and we're now experts. Feels good to be back behind the mic, though. We have a studio audience again tonight. And Rodney, what was our one rule for our audience? Only laugh at our jokes. Only laugh at our jokes. No memes. No. Is it GIFs or GIFs? Uh, jifes. It's an important, <laughs> important distinction. There's one rule, one rule only. If you're going to laugh, it better be because of Rodney or me. We already discussed it. No need going over it again. It's just kind of a, a PSA at this point. Yeah. Something tells me that our studio audience just has their phones buried, their face buried in their phones. They're laughing right now. Yeah, I don't think it's because of us. They so badly don't want to be heard, though. Can I say, like... That would have to be distracting, wouldn't it? If you were like a performer of some sort and you just saw people staring at their phones. Well, I think um, Hugh Jackman was, uh, did Broadway for a little while. And he there's a story that he called a guy out in the audience, like mid, mid-performance for being on his phone. Because I get it. Like I get the frustration that a, or I get, I can imagine what a, a performer might feel. But at the same time, it's a really bad look. It if is. I was if I was watching a, a play and Hugh Jackman got pissed off because one person was on their phone, I'd be like, "Be a professional, keep going." But I get it. But you know, I do. It's like both. It's one of those things where I can see how frustrating that would be if you're really trying to perform and there's somebody just blatantly does not care. But then um, for everybody else, you ruin the show for the 99 percent of people who yeah. are paying attention because you lose it. So when we were in Jersey, one of the cool moments of, of the trip for me was uh, when we got to meet Mark. Yeah. Uh, Mark was the contest winner that we had re- we had run a contest with the Checked Out in Jersey podcast. And he was originally a, a, a listener of theirs. And then um, since us joining their show, you know, doing the movie segment, he's, he's jumped over and listened to us as well. So when he won the contest, uh, I, I didn't know who we were meeting. And when we got there, this was like the coolest guy. He really this was. This was the coolest, coolest guy. Like, extremely relaxed. Um, he was wearing a grandfather. kilt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he that's, wearing, how he, that's how you He took the no pants rule pretty seriously. Someone, maybe me, made a joke like, there's going to be a no pants rule, right? Yeah. And, and then he, he, he showed up in a kilt. And uh, people with kilts, like, 
you know, immediate they mean, respect. They, yeah, they, they mean business. Absolutely. But also he was as relaxed as they come. And for me, that, that was, that was a really great part of the trip because here we are, we drove down and, you know, we don't know exactly which, like, which of our listeners have come over from checked out in Jersey. Like we see the numbers going a certain direction, but it's hard to always know where it's coming from. But to be able to meet one of them in person, you know, he, most of the people we talk to about the show, we interact with on Twitter. So to be able to go there and like meet a guy who literally told us, Hey, before I was listening, before I started listening to the show, I would waste a lot of time. And now I have a movie to watch. So we're actually going to play a clip from when he came on the podcast as the contest winner and he talks about our show. No, Mark, what's great about this is that we're talking to you tonight. I think it's fun to hear, at least for, I think I'm speaking for Rodney too, to hear that somebody actually was able to take back a movie night for themselves oh, to be able to watch. As, like I said earlier, um, one of my big uh, time sucks is I'll, I will get on Netflix and I'll point the remote and I will go from tile to tile to tile to tile. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I will spend more time than my my life has in the checkbook <laughs> looking for something and eventually settling on nothing or something that you've already I, watched I a thousand do. times um like i was saying before I, I love time travel adventures midnight in paris i would have hit that tile and never recognized for it was and would have kept going i didn't didn't mark mark you actually said that it's helping your marriage i think you went as far Absolutely. as saying that it's my wife will sit there and finally she'll just like will you just settle on something go to bed I, I may not always remember what the movie is that you recommended, right? Um, but I'll start to flip through, and all of a sudden, there it is. It's like, I know this. Why? Oh, that's right. And I'll look, and I'll watch it. And uh, it's nice to actually have a direction, whether it's a movie I enjoy, and most of the times, it's actually something I enjoy watching uh, or not, but it's nice to finally just stop moving and settle mm -hmm. on something. Mm, awesome. You said Let's we uh, save, saved his marriage. I don't he think did. he said that. I don't think well, he said that. Well, he talked about the, the very real fact that you spend a ton of time just going tile to tile. I love how he said tile, like, tile, tile, yeah, tile. It's true. Um, because that that's what it amounts to eventually. Mark, You're literally judging book a book by its cover. And I he, was, he mentioned that too. I was last night going through one category on Netflix just to do some like pre-show, you know, like plan ahead for the next few months. And I I ended up spending an hour searching through. An hour. You're going to do that at least 114 more times, so the, <laughs> so the statistics say. So we've got another one for you tonight. Uh, that movie is Ex Machina. Yeah. And Rodney, what's the movie we're avoiding, maybe not avoiding, but debating? We're debating avoiding the movie Girls Trip, Yikes. which is in theaters right now. Yikes. I believe your reaction when you saw the first trailer for it was that smut <laughs> i don't think i've ever used that word before either. i didn't no you didn't because you caught me so off guard that i <laughs> i i i mean you and i do this all, i do this a lot where i'm gonna disagree with you but that one caught me so off guard that i was just dis i was disagreeing but i was also thinking what else has chet ever called smut before <laughs> well i'll tell you what i i feel like makes me think of smut is when we were on this road trip, this is a quick story, when we had driven to Philly, we met with some friends for breakfast, and there's a thing, I don't know if it's a regionally specific dish. To regional to Pennsylvania? It's called Scrapple. Scrapple. Which basically is the leftover contents from the griddle kind of baked into a patty, and it comes out looking like, man, I don't know. It looks rubber? like a... Yeah, sure. It looks like a sausage patty, but like Gray. one that's... 
like a slightly off color with slightly off texture. And it when just you cut into it, it looks like hair. Like the pink goo that goes into that is chicken nuggets, but yeah. then but gray. You know, it's um. So we both ate some of it. You you quickly spit yours out. No, I finished it. Did I you? Fi- oh, did yeah. you? Yeah. Um, I got bad chills though. Yeah, I feel like I I took bad a pretty big bumps. piece because I wanted to understand what it was, and all I can tell you because I didn't enjoy it, but I wanted to eat it so I could describe it. And so I chewed on it for a while, and it just it just tastes burnt. Rodney, do you know that the average person spends 115 hours every year just looking for a breakfast item to eat? <laughs> right, is this going to be our next podcast? And I'm breakfast here to tell foods. you, I've got a breakfast food to avoid. I've got I've got a breakfast Scrapple. morning recommendation for you. Maybe we should stick to saving people uh, movie time instead. Instead of breakfast time? Yes. <laughs> okay. You ready to talk uh, Ex Machina? Yeah, I'm ready. I don't know how you get a podcast, but you should look into it. Yes, of course. It's down the hall. I'm psyched. And here we go. So this movie is uh, an hour and 48 minutes long. Uh, It's categorized as a drama mystery sci-fi movie. Uh, It is rated R, but right now you can find it for free on Amazon Prime, so long as you're an Amazon Prime member. Um, And so the cast, it it features... uh, Domhnall Gleeson, uh, Alicia Vikander, and Oscar Isaac. Um, and so the, uh, the director of it was Alex Garland, who also did 28 Days Later. Well, actually, I think he which, wrote 28 Days Later. Oh, he wrote it? So I think which, this was his directorial This debut. was his, okay. Mm-hmm. But 28 Days Later, also one of my favorite zombie movies. Oh, really? Even though going into it, I anticipated this being the worst movie ever. Yeah. Like, I just, at that point, I felt like all zombie movies were pretty much the same. It's a great movie. It is. But uh, why don't you tell us a little bit more about how, like, what the movie was about, what it what it felt like? All right, sure thing, man. So Domhnall Gleeson's character plays a, a programmer for basically basically Google. Like, it's not Google, but it's kind of like the equivalent of Google, just like this massive internet company. And he wins a contest that allows him to spend a week uh, at the private estate of the company CEO. Uh, but the thing about the CEO is that he's super mysterious. Like very few people have actually ever met him. He was kind of one of like in the story, he became very, very wealthy at an extremely young age and he's just brilliant mind. And he's a recluse. Like he lives on the side of a mountain and essentially like a high tech bunker. Mm-hmm. So the main character wins this contest. He gets like airlifted out to this, this bunker to stay for a week and upon arriving, you know, he meets the CEO, played by Oscar Isaac, uh, and he learns that he's actually a part of a Turing test, um, which it's funny because we did the, uh, the imitation, imitation game, game about yeah. Alan Turing. And the Turing test is basically a test that would um, determine whether or not artificial intelligence can be uh, distinguishable from, from actual intelligence, like right. whether or not they're self, self-aware, yeah, right? right? Self-thinking and not yeah. just programmed. So uh, he finds out that he's a part of this Turing test where he's actually interviewing or having conversations with this robot, this artificial intelligence that Oscar Isaac characters, Oscar Isaac characters has, has built, um, played by Alicia Vikander. Mm-hmm. And so the entire movie is this back and forth between uh, Domhnall Gleeson's character and Alicia Vikander, who is just playing this artificial intelligence. Right. Roddy, you mentioned her in a recent she, episode. Yeah, she's, um, yeah, and she's visible too. Like, so mm-hmm. part of the, you know, Part of what Oscar Isaac is trying to prove is like, I'm going to let you see that she's not real. Yeah. Like she, you know, she is a robot except for a face. Right. So walking around, there is no, there is no confusing her as a real person. And part of that is to say, hey, you know, she, 
she is a robot and she's still going to pass this test. Like you're still, she's still going to be indistinguishable from a, from a human being. And I thought she did an incredible job. She did like her movements, her subtle movements to kind of portray this. But the reason it's such a good movie, why it's so enticing and why we think it's worth your movie night is that upon arriving at the bunker, he, the main character already is a little wary. Like he's almost suspicious. It means it just, there's always this feeling of, mystery around the bunker around the ceo yeah. and when the he whole gets, movie has a pretty dark mysterious yes, feel throughout which, which i yeah and i i loved it uh, i loved it about it but. essentially the entire time you're you're thinking like something's not right like something's definitely not right and then the uh alicia vikander's character begins to kind of sow seeds of doubt in the person's mind about whether or not he can trust the ceo and then like so then it's kind of this he's caught in between these two different parties um but man it was an incredible all the way through. Um, and it's a commentary on like the creator looking at the creation, the creation looking at the creator being caught in the middle of that. Right. And, uh, really throughout it kept me guessing. Yeah. I would say it's definitely worth, uh, worth a movie night because it's going to have you on the edge of your seat. Um, I think it'll, it'll rope you in right away, especially initially. I mean, the whole setting is, is pretty beautiful too um it's oh, that's like, true you know, it's a, a high-tech bunker but there's just something about everything you see that is just you know glass or you know this like mountain you know the the, the place that the bunker is um you know every there's a, there's a lot about this movie that's that's captivating including the acting performances by um by really the three primary characters and so it's not a it's not a movie with a bunch um so i guarantee that you're gonna be hooked that it's gonna be a movie that once it's over, you're going to love the ending or that you're going to, you know, it's going to be an ending that you remember yes. that, that sticks with you. That's true. And um, probably a movie that you're going to want to share with other people. hundred um, percent. The three main characters too. This was kind of, this is 2014 when it came out. So they weren't as well known as they are now. Oscar Isaac and Domhnall Gleeson both have major parts in, in Star Wars, uh, the new Star Wars trilogy. And Alicia Vikander is actually going to be the lead in Tomb Raider. The yep. remake of Tomb Raider. Yep. She's also been in other things too, but I think that's going to be the franchise she heads up. Um, Chet, what did you give this movie on IMDb? I easily gave this one a nine. You did? Yep. yep. Um, I also gave this movie a nine. What I, is it on IMDb? On IMDb, it is a 7.7. 7 right See, I, I, feel like, uh, I feel like that's too low. I'm kind of surprised that it's that low. I mean, it's, it's, still, it's still relatively new in the sense it's like three years old. Yeah. A lot of times movies will circle back, right? Like right. They come out. Maybe I feel like it all. started higher than that. I, I feel like when it was initially coming out that it was in the eights. Yeah. Um, because I remember it was relatively, it was being taught. It was a movie that I think maybe went out of the radar. Like it wasn't a blockbuster mm-hmm. uh, by any means. But I remember by the time that I watched it and I didn't watch it in the theaters that it was a really highly regarded movie. Let's see what the professionals had to say. Hey, 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 hey. Double hate. Lows entirely. I like you a lot. So starting off, Rodney, what, what was the Rotten Tomatoes score? So the Rotten Tomatoes score was a 93%. Um, so 93% of critics love this movie um, or, you know, really, <laughs> really regarded it highly. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that every review was great, Chet. No. Who is the worst review? Let's, uh, let's see who's in that 7%. You know, I tried so hard to you get couldn't. this you did it again to didn't get you? this review you did it again off you of the freaking podcast but here we are again with a great movie that 93 percent 
of movie reviewers love. And Slant Magazine comes in with by far the worst review. So there were some like below average reviews, right? Like reviews that they said this is a below average movie. Slant came in way below that. Uh, Yeah, okay. And what's worse than that, Rodney, is that they give a dumb, cutesy one-liner. That's like the the extent of the, the poor review? Here it is. It says, in the end, more than just the machine remains an enigma. Okay. Yeah, I'm telling you, I, this is these are this is the person like in school who was witty enough to come up with a really short review, but also never wanted to do the work. I think this movie was above Slant Magazine. I think they didn't get it, or maybe they didn't get it. I think they unless, have we know, have we figured out any names for Slant Magazine that we can? I bet that the top three highest rated movies according to Slant Magazine are the three Hangover movies. If I were to guess, it's because I think anything. Beyond that, anything you think they're with, contrarian? Anything with like emotional substance or critical thinking involved, it's above them. They okay, so you think it. they're dumb people. You don't think that they're contrarian. What? You just think they're dumb people. I'm just looking at the facts. Yeah. If you go back and you look at yeah. all these these listen to all the podcasts that we've yeah. done about these different movies. Yeah. I'm just I'm just listen, I'm just a guy, a simple guy with facts in front of me. I'm just I, trying to connect the dots. I don't disagree with you, but at the same time I'm also wondering do you think that they're contrarian or you just think that they're, they lack intelligence? No, I, I bet. I think they just, just think they're I, negative. Yeah. I think that ne- they negative are, Nancy's. Uh, I think they're just, they're just bad people all around. There's bad humans, uh, taking up valuable oxygen. So the best <laughs> review came from the Los Angeles times. Uh, so this says shrewdly imagined and persuasively made ex machina is a spooky piece of speculative fiction. That's completely po- uh, plausible. Capable of both thinking big thoughts and providing pulp thrills. But even saying that does not do this film justice. Yeah. See, like that's a well-written I really like the word uh, spooky. I feel like that's a really good way to describe this movie. It, was, it, was, it is. It's like yeah, I think we, we almost said that. Yeah, haunting. I mean, as you watch it, you know it's not a horror movie, but you also have this eerie feeling. So whether that's just the music, the color, the lighting, whatever it is, it can... It, uh, you know they they definitely get across with this film something weird is going to happen or something weird is going on here and i think it's interesting because a lot of artificial intelligence movies pose the uh, ai as the threat but in this movie you don't know who's the threat you don't know if it's the artificial intelligence or if it's oscar isaac's character right and you're trying to determine as you're watching it through the, the main character's eyes yeah like who you're rooting for and right? at one point the main character even starts doubting his own reality so yeah. it's like it completely throws you for a loop yeah um i think this one ranks really really highly for me in in, in the, like the grouping of all artificial intelligence yeah. movies uh but our topic for tonight is that very thing what are the artificial intelligence movies that you love do you really love the lamp, or are you just saying it because you saw it? I love lamp. I love lamp. All right. What do you think Brick's favorite artificial intelligence movie would be? Artificial intelligence. <laughs> but it would be, you know why? Because it would be him reiterating the word artificial intelligence, and someone would be like, you know, that is one. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I, think the answer, right. I think the answer would be Wally, because it's a Pixar movie. And what does Pixar start with every single movie? A lamp. And we know that Brick loves lamp. Wow. (laughs) 
Look at you. You were prepared with that one. I, I just 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 hit me, man. Really? There's nothing artificial about this intelligence. Oh boy. <laughs> now you took a one too many. Uh, Rodney, what's your favorite example of an artificial intelligence movie? Um, I'm gonna go with Bicentennial Man. Um, the late and great Robin Williams. This movie was probably one of the first really long movies that, as a pretty young young kid, I tracked with the whole time and fell in love with Robin Williams' character and you know the generations of family that he got to yeah. live with Doesn't and that got like to know him. Two hundred years or something like that. Like he he yeah, is right. The... Is that what? That's what I'm, not, I'm concerned to throw out what what I don't know about bicentennial. But yeah, I think that's yeah two hundred. I years. think he's the like the robot butler for a family, right? And right. And over the course of the movie becomes like, it's his process becoming human. Yeah. He, because he keeps kind of taking on more and more components, like as the future, you know, yeah. as the future pro- progresses, he takes on more and more components to make him more and more human, look more and more human. Yeah. That one was really good. Yeah. We actually, actually one of our listeners said that. So Amanda from Quincy, Massachusetts, that is the city of Amanda, presidents. You know, she knows. Yeah, Dan, that is your wife, if you're listening. Uh, Bicentennial Man, she said. We also have Tristan from Rhode Island said Iron Giant. We've had a lot of Iron Giant recently. It's it's interesting. You're right about that. Well, is it? it's on Netflix. Oh, is and that It came why? on Netflix within like the watch last year. Watch on a plane, used to watch it mm, every night before bed. <laughs> Roughly every <laughs> night. Uh, CJ from Florida says Transcendence with Johnny Depp. I remember the movie. Can I say that is... Yeah. Probably, if I were to say, what are the five worst movies I ever saw? That would be one of them. Really? I hated that movie. Did hated that, it. it. I feel like we might be dealing with a Slant Magazine situation. Maybe. Hey. But if I were Slant Magazine, I would, like, I'm not, I, tr- I honestly went into it wanting to like it. I, I love the concept and I really like Johnny Depp. I thought that was the most disappointing movie that I had had reasonably high expectations for. Right. I... I can't say that it was my favorite movie of all time. You know, I thought it was a pretty well done movie. Maybe like some things left to, to, to be desired, but yeah. Jared from Anaheim says Interstellar. Remember the the uh, the side character, uh, the name escapes me, but that robot that's traveling with them the whole time kind of like flips over on itself. That's how it walks. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Paul from New York says Her with uh, Haunting. Joaquin Phoenix and uh, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, I would say that was a that was a haunting one. I, yeah, I like the I like the way they did that one though. Like they they portrayed this future in a way that the future was very convincing, but without also being like obscenely, you know, futuristic. Yeah, I my favorite, or I mean, I think my favorite is Ex Machina. But for this conversation, I'd say uh, I Robot with Will Smith. Um, that one to me, I. I thought, well, because I read the book, so I love the story. Okay, yeah. But also, uh, I mean, you get to see Shia LaBeouf wielding a baseball bat with an angry mob of, of civilians against an army of robots. <laughs> I I think I loved it because that one did the future to me pretty well, even though it was obscenely futuristic. Um, I remember, <laughs> like, the Audis just flying across on the highway and... Um, there are just like a lot of components of that movie that I thought were really well done. I would want to see that again, actually. Definitely. Uh, so, well, if you want to see it again, Rodney, you can just watch FX. Uh, it's one any of the day. movies they have. There's like three <laughs> movies that they play, and iRobot eventually comes on. That's like a good it, tip. it would have to be like Tuesday at 
two o'clock in the afternoon, but you'll find it. That's what they say. Hashtag pro tip. Oh, life hack. Maybe. Hashtag life hack. There's an old saying in Tennessee. I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee. That says fool me once. Shame on shame on you. If fool me, we can't get fooled again. All right. So we don't just save you time by picking movies to watch. We also attempt to save you time by picking movies not to watch. And now usually that would consist of movies that are on lists that you could Google, like best movies on Netflix right now or best streaming movies. Uh, but occasionally there's a convenient one that, that we just want to argue. About. We just want to talk about. Yeah. I mean, we're just going to be honest, you know, listen, listen, you know, it's our podcast. So we're just going to argue right now. We're yeah. not actually going to be. So the movie is what? What's it called again? It's called Girls Trip. Girls Trip. Yep. And it's in theaters. It's in theaters currently. And uh, and what what is it? It's a, it's, um, a, it's a comedy, right? Yeah, it's a comedy um, about four old friends. It's kind of like The Hangover. Uh, yeah, a female version of The Hangover, maybe. Okay. And uh, they're all getting together for this trip in New Orleans. Um, and there's kind of more more to it, but basically they're going on this trip because they've all gotten older and to reclaim their youth a little bit, but also reclaim a lot of their friendship uh, because they've gotten older, uh, grown apart, like eventually one day you and I will do. Um, yeah, one day. Um, I don't know. I try to keep an open mind. I do. Yeah. Uh, well, but, yeah, but I, I, I guess what made you say when you saw the preview of this one, smut versus I've never heard you say that. I've what, never, what? I don't think I've ever said it. I don't know what we were going to see. I don't know if that changed my uh my That's mood. A good question. I wonder what we were going to see. But yeah, something about this one I was thinking maybe well I am like constantly thinking as I watch trailers. You know, our listeners are watching the same trailers. I start thinking movies to avoid, movies to watch, like trying to is knowing that, that our list of movies to watch keeps growing. I saw that trailer and I thought is it the fact nope, <laughs> smut. Is it the fact that in in the trailer there's a scene or it's hinted at. Oh, that, the, the pee chandelier? Pees, yeah, pees on someone. That's got to be part or, of it, right? Or well, on she's, people. She's like hanging from like uh, like a zip line above Above street like and, Bourbon Street yeah, or whatever. And, and pisses all over everyone. <laughs> that, that, that had to be a big component, right? Because I feel like even when, I, when we rewatched the trailer today before we talked about this being the movie to avoid, the second that happened, I immediately was... I was watching you, and that felt like the part where you got the most reaction in a negative way. I don't know what it is, man. Maybe it's me. Maybe I mean, maybe we put up a Twitter poll and see. Is it Chet? And I think you know well, that me. Well, I guess because then I was just trying to say, like, I like if you watched the trailer for The Hangover, I don't think you would have said smut. No, I know it's probably true. Actually, but what's the difference? I think I, I think I would call it that. I think I would. Maybe, but I feel like it, we wouldn't have gotten this guttural reaction. I don't know what it was. So anyway, I did see it in theaters. All of this to say, not only, I, I guess I'm the one with the experience having seen it. And I would tell you, it's a comedy movie that you'll laugh at and has some redeeming qualities. Explore some uh, worthy topics. and Some worthy topics? Yeah. Relationships, uh, <sighs> what you do in different scenarios, what is and isn't, uh, you know, hard. In, in different circumstances, friendships. I think there's there's a lot of worthy topics that are explored, honestly, while also there's, you know, obscene things happening. All right. It. Well, if I want uh, if I want the listeners to keep an open mind and watch movies that we recommend, I, I guess I guess I'll watch it. If it comes to Redbox or if it makes itself to Netflix, I 
I will watch it. I'll watch it for you. Okay. Yeah, so is it a movie to avoid? I guess it's fine, but mostly we wanted to Just figure if you out have, like, why a filter did Chet call or this morals, smart. Yeah. Or you know what? No, better question to the listeners rather than the poll is what what movies, if you're going to call a movie smut, yeah. what movies fall into that category? What major motion pictures that you could see in theater <laughs> are gonna, smutty? Going to just block off a certain uh, realm there. Yeah. A major motion picture that you can see in theater that you would consider smut. See in like a normal theater that you don't have to be 18 just to walk exactly. into. Exactly. Yeah. In a theater that you don't want to walk into most right. likely. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's. I'd be definitely curious what the, the listeners have to say about that. All right, are you ready for the newest segment, Rodney? I'm ready for it. Mm, Let's get ready to rumble! All right, Rodney, so this week... Now, I want to set the stage before I introduce the fighters. So they're fighting over the last protein shake. Okay, Okay, so it's in this... This is going to be like a bloody battle. All right, so Rodney, in one corner... Weighing in at 260 pounds. Holy smokes. Six foot five. Your favorite tooth fairy in mine. Oh, yeah. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Oh, my God. If I don't pick Dwayne the Rock Johnson, I feel like Alan's going to kill me. We have a friend who is obsessed with Dwayne the Rock Johnson to the point where I think he has had pictures of him as his cell phone wallpaper. I want to text him right now just to see what his response is. Or did you already? I, I We know his answer. And Rodney in the other corner, coming in at six foot four, approximately two hundred and thirty-four pounds. Khaleesi's sun and moon. Don't mess with him if he is on a horse. Jason Momoa, also known as Khal Drogo from the Game of Thrones series. So it's the last protein shake fight to the death. Dwayne the Rock Johnson versus Jason Khal Drogo Momoa. Who wins? Wow, this is a good one because. Uh... I have a soft spot for picking the uh, uh, those with Samoa t- Samoan heritage. You have a lot of soft spots. We keep I do. finding out. Um, I, you know, the only thing I can do is go is go with the weight advantage. I think that it's going to come down to the person. They're going to throw throw a lot of punches in this fight, and it's going to come down to that extra thirty pounds is going to win Dwayne the Rock Johnson so got, the fight. You've got Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I think there's no chance. That Jason Momoa loses that fight. I think Dwayne The Rock Johnson is a big guy, but he is all talk, and I think Momoa rips him to shreds. I, I don't know why. Why would? Why is he more talk than Jason Momoa? Because Jason Momoa didn't play Tooth Fairy. Yeah, but the fact that he played Tooth Fairy is the com- that's the confidence that comes with knowing. Go ahead. Oh, you haven't seen I, Tooth Fairy, I guess. I have seen Tooth Fairy. I saw that in theaters, my friend. Do you want to know what the uh, the listener said? Who, who would you think? But I think our listeners, I think people are going to go, they're going to lean towards uh, the Game of Thrones portrayal of Jason Warrior. Well, he's also Aquaman now. Oh, that's right. And I think our listenership is going to side with you. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to hate on Dwayne The Rock Johnson for his, you know, fun roles but not stellar roles and they're going to lean towards Jason Momoa. I'm going to say that they picked Jason Momoa by 8%. So it was a landslide victory. Wow. 75% in favor of The Rock. Oh yeah. There it is. Man, I uh, I was there disappointed. It is. I was disappointed. I wonder though how many people knew Jason Momoa by name or if I had put like 
Khal Drogo. But then they would think like the actual Khal Drogo <laughs> and he would come up with a sword and yeah, slice, right. <laughs> slice the rock be, in half. That wouldn't be fair. All right. Good. Okay. Uh, I, you I like keep that one? learning more and more about the listeners. Yeah. I mean, it's a far cry from our first one, which was Michael Sarah versus Justin Long. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> Michael Sarah and Justin Long, they that wouldn't even be a fight. Now, really. what about... That's a slap battle. What about in a pool, in a chicken fight, uh, you know, where one person's on the other person's shoulders? Yeah. The rock has... Michael Sarah and Jason Momoa has Justin Long. <laughs> and the, I don't know what I'm judging here. <laughs> I don't know how like what is what is the show like what is the role of actually the the person you holding take Aquaman, the people up. It's in the pool. <laughs> I feel like you just want to leave with Jason Momoa having one. I just want to find him a W. In this. Yeah. Then why would you put Justin Long on his shoulders? Because Justin Long has brought said, no one a W. I ever. think you put Justin Long over Michael Sarah, <laughs> but no one. Which was another mistake. No one has. Justin Long has never brought anyone a victory. Not in movies. Not in life. <laughs> So if you're new to the show, we appreciate you listening. This is not the actual end. As we are dealing with movies, we also like to give our favorite scenes from the movie. But because we know that can be rather spoily, uh, we tend to avoid doing that while we're talking about the movie earlier on the episode. So at this point, if uh, if you're planning on going to watch Ex Machina, you can jump ship. You can log off. You can deprogram yourself. Oh, I see what you're doing there. Yeah, those are all like, you know, computer programming references. I do want to remind you to go to our website, downthehallpodcast.com, where you can scroll down to the bottom and recommend a movie for us to watch. We get a few of those per week. We really appreciate them. But if you have one that you think people should make their movie night, let us know. Also, don't forget to check us out on Monday, uh, Monday at 8 p.m. with the Checked Out in Jersey Guys, where we talk about our movie recommendation of the week. That also gets converted into a podcast, so you can also follow that podcast or download that podcast on every major provider. Uh, the podcast is called Checked Out in Jersey. I told you not to give details. Yeah, well, you're the one who gave me the details. All right, Rodney, this is one that has a lot of details to spoil, but... Because people who are staying this far into the episode have either already seen the movie or uh, are coming back, there's no need for us to go plot line by plot line. No. Did you have a favorite scene? I almost feel like we should just discuss the ending and say whether we liked it or not instead of favorite scene. Um, So to catch everyone up, just to refresh exactly what we're talking about, the ending you're saying when she essentially outsmarts everyone and leaves uh, Donald Gleason in, in, in her Herself. Right, so she's almost pitted him against uh, Oscar Isaac, right, and mm-hmm. gets him to get the get him drunk, get the keys, get her out of the prison essentially that she was in, and that results in then her killing Oscar Isaac, but then also putting Domhnall Gleeson into her prison, yeah, and walking out. What do you think? I thought it was great. I thought it was great because even though it's a dark ending, I think. It's just a really smart way of doing it. It's the perfect end result. Ultimately, she becomes the worst character, even though, at least for me, I sympathize with her the whole time. That, you know, she's doing this portrayal and it's like, wow, like this, what a what an unbelievable creation. But she also seems relatively like nice and interested in Donald Gleason and interested in his own security and health and well-being. So I feel like it's easy to feel like, you know, you're going to side with her. And then in the end, even though Oscar Isaac is kind of maybe a bit of a douchebag, you know, if that's <laughs> the, the the professional way of saying um, that ultimately 
the fact that she uses Domino Gleason to get out right. of the prison yep. and also leaves him there. Yeah. You know, and to really, die. To right, die. Because there's exactly. no way he's getting out. Right. Now, um, there's, I think if I remember correctly, there were, there were kind of two twists. We find out that Oscar Isaac has been sort of orchestrating a lot of the conversation, even the ones where she's telling him not to trust, like telling Domino Gleason not to trust Oscar Isaac. And we find out that like, oh, he's been behind all of it, but then it twists again where she still like she still uh knows that, is aware of that, and still circumvents it because right. she is that intelligent. Right. She is that self aware. Yeah. And so when that happens and then the very last scene where you see her walking amongst like the public in presumably, you know, a city, New York City, like, wow. Like that's just and she looks she looks completely human. <laughs> she just yeah. has like this dress on and is just walking down the street. It was Definitely a haunting way to end that movie. <laughs> I'm Chet. That's Rodney. This is Down the Hall, guys. So, great movie. <laughs> All the way around, loved it. Why Why aren't you letting me end it? <laughs> All right. And I'm Chet. And that's Rodney. We're Down the Hall, guys. <laughs>